0: Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis, and we are on episode... 17, And I'm super excited about today's episode because I have a guest on today who's going to further the conversation that we started last week on diet culture and food relationships and all that stuff. Um, we are cha- chatting with Julie and I'm gonna have Julie introduce herself.
1: Well, Sophia, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm Julie Revelant. I'm a health journalist and content marketing writer and founder of JulieRevelant.com, where I teach uh, parents how to raise healthy eating kids who not only accept
0: healthy food, but crave it. Awesome. Well, I love that because we all know that accepting and craving are totally two different things.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and sometimes we have to like go back and forth between the two.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, So, Julie, tell me a little bit about, um, I loved hearing when we were chatting before, like tell me about your background, your history, and kind of what led you to do like what you're doing today.
1: Sure. So I went to college for television and video, and I came out of college. There weren't a lot of jobs. So I worked for uh, ABC TV in in sales, uh, and then became a writer and a producer for on-air promotions for a sports network. And then my dream was always to work for live television, and so I did that for one season, uh, and then realized maybe that's not my dream. Um,
0: <laughs> that's
1: funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I really thought wow, it was gonna be so creative, and it was very, very exciting. But I really, I'm a writer. I it's it's everything about me is a writer. I've always been a writer. And so um, that's really what I wanted to do. And so I worked for a parenting magazine uh, for a little bit, and then I had the opportunity to write for Fox News Health. And so I wrote a column for them for uh, over five years, and it was all about pregnancy and postpartum and maternal and children's health. And that was a great experience. And at that time, also opened my business, Revelant Writing. And so I provide content marketing and copywriting for uh, B2B healthcare organizations. Um, so along the line, I had had, I had my first daughter um, and then my second daughter. They're now nine and seven. And so in 2017, um, I had come to a place I had been feeding my children. Uh, ho- I'm making homemade baby food. And really blown away that they accepted and enjoyed what I was making them. And I felt so good about it. I had read uh, the baby and toddler cookbook and I was just so excited to do that. Um, And I realized that when I was feeding my children, that this was really one of my biggest responsibilities as a parent was to, um, feed them healthy and, and instill those healthy eating habits in them. And so I decided to start my blog and, and educate other parents that this actually can be done and inspire them with with helpful strategies to do so.
0: Totally. And I agree. I actually made all my baby food too. And I didn't really, I didn't actually read any books or anything like that. But I did kind of what my mom did when she raised me is she really just, pureed like what she was making i mean obviously when we the babies were little we started with like you know single fruit fruit veggies whatever um but those were always a fruit or a veggie that we were including in our meals so it wasn't anything really extra we just i just pulled some aside steamed it you know pureed it super simple um And, of course, being in Southern California, we started with avocado with all of our kids because if you do not (laughs) like avocado in our family, you're going to have to leave. Like, that's okay. (laughs) And I will say, our second one was not a fan for a while, and we're like, whose baby are you? (laughs) Um, But he got used to it. Plus, being in Southern California, whenever we went out to eat, I never had to worry about bringing stuff because I could always be like, hey, can I have a side of avocado? And they always had it. So it was mm-hmm. easy to just like mash it up and like give it. Um, but yeah, and I did the same thing and it was, it is, I do think that creating that palette early for sure helps develop those flavors. And I think people don't realize that, um, and this is something a tidbit I had learned in college, I was pre-med. So I did all these science classes that you a, a child is actually born with all their taste buds they're ever going to have. And then as you grow, your, your, at age, your taste buds actually die off, which is why older people use so much salt.
1: Interesting. Because okay. they can't,
0: because they actually need it because they can't taste the food like we do. And babies, that's why they say with babies, you don't really add salt because they're, that's why sometimes when you give a baby something and they're like, "Ugh, it's strong. <laughs> and it's, it's so true because they're tasting things so differently than we are. So having yeah. them taste these plain veggies and fruit like that for us a plain vegetable or fruit like we always season things is not exactly like amazing but creating that palate when they're little they actually taste the real flavor of it and so that's why it's like so important for them to taste like you know real stuff um not to say that they're going to love it all which is totally fine i mean Each of my kids has something that they don't like. I have things I don't like. Um, But yes, it's totally, um, it's amazing. Like I love just, it's, people think it's so much harder than it is when making Mm -hmm. your own food, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. they think it's like this super hard thing where in fact, like it took me like 10 minutes to puree a ton of, you know, like, you know, whatever, zucchini and put it in ice cube trays and freeze it and then just pull it out and defrost.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's so much easier actually. And, and cheaper too. And so it, again, cheaper. It's, yeah, yeah. It's so important. I mean, I remember sometimes I would get store-bought food and just looking at it and thinking that green doesn't really look fresh <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, I feel like it just kind of ruins it for the kids. If you could make yeah. homemade baby food, then they're, they're being exposed to all those flavors and textures yeah, and they're sure. eating with the family. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, nowadays, I will say that nowadays, I think seeing what's out there and we're so past the baby stage, but there's so many more amazing fresh options that are absolutely like real fresh for those people that really don't mind paying the money and need the convenience totally. But money wise, it's not even close how much cheaper Mm -hmm. it is because you can buy like a pound of zucchini for the price of like one jar of baby food, you know, and that makes like a week's worth of food for a baby. So yeah, it's Mm -hmm. not even close with how... Much you know money you save, but there are so many great things today as far as you know fresh foods and convenience for babies. But when we were raising them, like it, there wasn't. I mean, there's starting to be a few things, but like because when my kids were little, that's like when the pouches kind of started. You know, like and those were great for on the go. Like I Uh love those for on the go. But yeah, for dinner, it's like just puree what we're having. And as they got older, it was just cut it up and make it softer and. Like, we like al dente pasta, but for the kids, like, we took ours out and then we boiled theirs a little bit more and then just chopped it up and let them, you know, go at it. Um, yeah. Totally. So what was your experience growing up um, with, you know, food, eating, mm. all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm.
1: So I grew up in an Italian-American family. And so as you can imagine, food was the focus of everything. Yes. Um
0: I'm I'm Greek. So I totally get it. It's the same
1: yeah yeah um so you know on Christmas Eve I mean it was just so much food it was pasta was the appetizer and there were fried vegetables and tons of food and tons of desserts um so it was it was always a central focus of the family and um you know even on Sunday Sunday was a big deal there's Sunday dinner pasta and meatballs and coffee cake and French toast and all of it um and and it was again food was the main part of any party or um any event. And so, you know, as a child, I I guess I would be have been considered a picky eater. My mom always said that I was. And uh however, if I went to to visit family or friends and food was always served, if I didn't eat, it was almost seen as impolite. Um yes. and and there was a lot of I don't know that it was explicit or not, but there was definitely this sense that you had to eat and there were definitely food pushers in my family. And I was Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember being told, you know, you eat so slow. And it, you know, now as an adult, I realized, wow, that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, so so yes, it was always, you know, what are we going to eat, and is there going to be enough food? And and to this day, really, in my family, my husband's family as well, he's first generation, um, where there's always a concern of is there going to be enough food, and what are we going to eat? You know, and and really, that's not the most important thing.
0: <laughs> well, and that I'm Greek, so it's I mean, in Greece, it's like oh, I'm not hungry. Oh, good, I just made you a whole spread. Go ahead and eat. And it's true, it's, <laughs> it's people are offended, and it's but like when we go to greece we're like the underfed americans because we're thinner people and you do not feed your kids like what my kids are super skinny like what do you deprive them and i'm like no we just don't shovel tons of food in our mouth we actually (laughs) only eat when we're hungry and we (laughs) stop when we're full like it's like right (laughs) it is it's very cultural i totally agree with you that it is cultural but i wonder like how much of that culture um as well intended as it is and as much as i love it and as much as i love throwing a good party like when i have friends over i'm always having something um Mm -hmm. but i wonder how much of that culture leaks over into the whole body image and and i remember like Mm -hmm. you know the whole like when i was growing up i'm i'm five feet tall barely 100 pounds like i'm a very petite person but and my sister is like five six so she was like the tall one and growing up, she was super tall and like like super tall and super skinny, had long legs, I was short. And I was small, I wasn't large, but I was always told that, oh, your sister's the tall skinny one. And mm-hmm. I was always like told like, oh, you've got a Greek butt. And I mean, I do have a butt, like I'm Greek, I def- but I'm not by any means large or fat. And my friends would laugh if they, you know, like they laugh at me when I talk, but to this day, my butt area. That is my most, like, I'm so picky about it. I'm so sensitive. That's the one area that like, I don't love mm. about me. And I just, mm. I know it's connected somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always told my sister's the tall, skinny one. She's got the long legs. So I always look at myself in a certain way. And mm-hmm. I wonder how, you know, how that connection mm-hmm. is like, did you ever feel any of that growing up in any, like in any arena, as far as like body and food and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Well, so
1: I would say that I, I wasn't taught how to eat healthy. We grew up on a, a bunch of processed foods like tater tots and TV dinners and Salisbury steaks and a lot of fast food too. Um, so, you know, I don't think I ever was taught how to eat and how to have healthy eating habits. And um, I was always thin. Um, so I think that, you know, and I was always told I was thin so I think when I got older and all of that poor eating caught up with me and I did gain weight, um, that was hard to deal with. Um, but yes, I I definitely think that, you know, growing up in the kind of family that I did not here or there, but with all of the bad foods and the bad eating habits that had created a poor body image, especially with my mom, she, um, you know, has struggled with, with, poor body image and was always overweight as were many of the women in my family. So I was sort of the anomaly. Um, but she was always self-critical of her body. And I, and I think it's definitely influenced how I saw myself and continue to, to this day. I mean, I remember her looking in the mirror and just, you know, just not being positive about, how she looked or how she felt. And she would always say, I'm fat. I'm overweight. I have to lose weight. Um, and so it's really sad, you know, and, and as a child, I mean, I remember at age 10 look sitting down and looking at my thighs and thinking, Oh my gosh, they're so fat. And I would go on our stationary bike and exercise. And I remember, you know, kind of altering my food as I got older because I didn't know how to eat, but at the same time, I think those negative images, uh, definitely affected the way that I see myself.
0: Well, and also, that cultural of um you eat to be polite, like that is really not that's untraining your body to listen to its cues and right so much of health, people really think that, you know, oh, health, you know, it's it's your veggies, it's your fruits where I personally actually think that, yes, what you eat's important, but I personally think it's secondary to the mental part of it. I think that listening and just the the mental cues and the mental health like knowing when you're hungry knowing when you're full you know listening to what your body is craving because sometimes your body does crave those french fries and tater tots because it needs that it's some kind of self-soothing that's what you want and you should allow it because your your mind needs that too but you also need to listen because once you really pay attention to your body it will tell you what it wants like I definitely have my mm. periods of craving that those chips those whatever and I listen to it. Do I eat a whole bag? No. But I definitely allow myself to eat what it craves, but then I my body, I'm really in tune to it. If once it's had enough, it starts to crave the salads, the fresh fruit, that all that stuff and once mm. you've started really training your body to follow what's inside of it and what it's trying to tell you, I think that people would be so much better off. It's just, like you said, Mm -hmm. like, it's rude not to eat. So it's like, oh, I'm not hungry, but I'm going to eat this, you know, piece of cake Mm -hmm. because it's rude. Your Mm -hmm. body's like, what's happening? Like, why are you feeding me? Like, I'm not hungry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And of course you're going to gain weight because your body doesn't need it. So it's going to take it and store it. And I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like, and it's true in Greece too. Like, Growing up, there were a lot of, you know, the women like, oh, I'm so fat. Oh, you're so thin. It's a lot of body image talk. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think that the overweightness is definitely connected with the you have to eat.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so um, that's like, because I have boys and you have girls, but I Mm -hmm. personally, I know that yes, with girls, there is that societal pressure and all this extra stuff, but I still personally believe that we need to raise our kids the same because Mm -hmm. even though people don't think boys struggle with body image, I think they do, they just aren't as vocal about it because society doesn't focus on that. I Mm -hmm. also feel like if boys don't work on body image, how are they gonna support a wife to have a strong body image? How are, if if they have a wife, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. even another man, whatever it is, their partner, Mm -hmm. How are mm-hmm. they going to support their partner to have, like, a really good body image and feel good about themselves if they struggle themselves? And that's kind of where I feel like it's so important to, you know, think about that with us. I know I watch myself. I'm sure do you, you watch yourself about what you say around your girls.
1: hmm Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when my girls were about one and three, I was attending an event with my husband and I was, you know, still in that postpartum period. And I have diastasis recti, which is a separation of the abdominal muscles as many women yep. have. And, um, I, my mom was there, she was babysitting and I came down the stairs and I said something like, you know, do I look fat? Does this, uh, dress look okay? And my mom, who is so, like I said, so negative about her own body image kind of called me out and said, you have to watch what you say. They're young, but you have to watch what you say. And so she was totally right. Uh, and so I definitely, um, don't talk about that anymore. Um, at all, never like from that day forward, never did. Um, so with my kids now, you know, more of the focus is on how food makes you feel. Um, you know, we we talk about how if you eat too much junk, yeah, you're gonna get a stomach ache. And but that salad made you feel really good because it gave you a lot of energy and it it made you feel happy. And that's why mommy eats healthy. And my kids eat see me. You know, most days of the week now that we're stuck at home. Uh, but I do yeah. uh, I do body combat and body pump and and I'll like run through it and they'll be like, why are you, you know, are you okay, mommy? And it's like, yes, but it makes me feel good physically and mentally. And that's why I do it. So we focus more on, you know, being healthy and strong versus how I look.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And that's the same. I mean, we're very similar in that. Like I'm actually a very, I kind of loose mom and I let my kids, I let my kids eat what they want, but we also talk about how they feel. and. I sir, you know I only make one dinner. My kids don't get to have their own. Um, mm-hmm. I make one dinner. Everyone eats or doesn't eat. I don't really care if you don't want to eat, don't eat. Mm-hmm. But this is dinner. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not. You can go mm-hmm. get a piece of fruit. You can go get some vegetables. But you're not having that cookie. You're not having those chips because this is what I made for dinner, and this is your meal. And sometimes. I have kids that don't eat, which is totally fine. And then they wake up starving Mm -hmm. and we talk about, well, why do you think you're hungry? And they connect the dots. Why didn't eat dinner? I'm like, of course you're starving. Go get yourself Mm -hmm. some breakfast. So, but you know, for example, like Halloween is my oldest son's birthday. So it's Halloween. It's his birthday. Like I let them (laughs) do what they want. And they have had a few instances where they ate so much candy. They felt terrible. And I was like, Hmm, that's weird. Why do you think Mm -hmm. you feel terrible? And they're like, Oh my god, we (laughs) ate way too much candy. But I think it's so important for kids to experience that themselves versus Mm -hmm. us telling them. Because if they don't have that internal experience, how Mm -hmm. are they gonna know? You know, like they need to feel that. Like it's just it's one of those things and my boys now know, like they don't want to eat too much of, you know, this or that because they know that it's gonna make them feel sick and you know, we mm-hmm. eat mostly plant-based, but I'm sure, you know, from like my, you know, my blog or whatever is we're not, you know, vegan or whatever, a hundred, we don't a hundred percent do anything. We just, we're very plant forward. We eat mostly plant-based. We started this way because of my husband with his health issues and he's mm-hmm. much more strict than we are just because he has to be for health reasons. Um, mm-hmm. but when we go out, like I let the kids have what they want and they've tried a lot mm-hmm. of different things, um, including like, you know, meats, whatever, and, there's things they like and there's things they don't and mm-hmm. it's all their own thing. But, um, like I, there was experience once where my son was, this is, it's actually kind of funny. was at a birthday party and they had this certain, I don't want to say it cause I don't want to be mean, but a, this certain, um, pizza from this one restaurant. Um, it was like a, you know, fast food pizza type place. And mm-hmm. my son, you know, it just cheese pizza, eats the pizza, eats a lot. He loves to eat. All my kids love to eat eats a bunch of pizza because he's starving because they've been running around. He comes home and he literally has the runs like he has diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm 99% sure that that he had a little bit of a bug or something. Okay. But, but he associated it with that oh. store's pizza huh. From, from that day forward. He'll never, and it was, it's not good pizza. It's like you know, it's like crap pizza. You know, like uh-huh. I, I don't need it because I don't. That's not how I'm going to satisfy myself. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to eat pizza. You know, like I'm eat good yeah. pizza. Good
1: pizza. But it's just—it yeah. was
0: just like crap pizza. To this day, he won't eat it because he's like that gave me diarrhea. I'll never eat that again.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. He,
0: he thinks that, like, and I, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I bet it did. Like, I'm not disputing it, but he's associating, like, you know, he's like, I'm only eating good pizza. <laughs>
1: Uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah, it's that's happened so to my funny. kids a lot too, you know? Like they'll 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 eat something different. Anytime they eat something different that they're not used to and it's junk food or yeah. you know, it's high fat food,
0: they always get sick and it's like, yeah, well, yeah cuz your body's not used to it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And it's funny and it's good for them to like make those connections though, right? Like yeah. Cuz one day they're going to be on their own and you don't want the kid that goes to college and shovels every junk food that they can find in their mouth because they've never had it.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean,
0: kids, like developmentally, kids are supposed to be exploring and figuring out the world as they grow. Mm -hmm. And so that's why for me personally, like I don't impose necessarily food rules on them because I want Mm -hmm. them to have those experiences and I want them to be able to be around stuff. And personally, I also feel that that's gonna translate into things like alcohol, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. to where Mm -hmm. if they've learned self-control in one area, they're gonna learn self-control. That self-control will hopefully trickle into other areas of, whereas the kid that's never learned self-control is the one that's passed out drunk on the floor the first time they drink, you
1: Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, I kind of came late to the, late to this, but I, I recently discovered intuitive eating and, you know, read the book from the nineties and, and started implementing these strategies within a few weeks. And it has changed the way that I see food. It's changed the way I've seen myself. And so I've been talking to my girls about it and, and we have done the play draw. I don't know if you've heard about that, Um, but you know, Uh everyone gets yeah. So everyone gets like a play draw and it's uh, basically kind of like your fun food. And, and again, the, 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 what you should, what you should be telling them and what you should be telling yourself is, you know, the, there's no scarcity, like the food will always be there and you can yes. go and have those cookies if you want it. So we did it one week and I would say that they, they blew through, they had a month Of they they were able to get some junk food and I said we'll go back next month so you have one month it was gone in a few days we did it again and there it was it lasted a few more days but they still got sick because they ate too much and so but it was a good lesson for them because I taught them you know you can always go have it later you could it will always be there it's not going away. away. Yeah. And so now they're like, we're not doing the plagiar anymore. We, <laughs> it's too much. We can't do it. But I
0: think they have learned that, that moderation is key. Yes. Well, and that's, it's funny. Cause I, I was just, I've always been like that in everything. I've always been the like saver. Like I, mm. I'm the, so it's funny. I look at my family, like my boys and my husband, and I'm the one, like when there's something on my plate that I really love, I save it for last. I always eat the other things first. Whereas... My husband will save it. We'll eat that first. Like he's opposite. Oh, of me. He'll eat what he wants. Yeah. first. So I look at my kids and I have my kids are, are either me or him. Like they're very, it's funny to see who's what. And I'm like that with everything, like with money, with clothes, with whatever is I use it a little bit at a time to make it last. And that's just the way I am. I've been like that since I was, that's always been inborn for me. So when it comes to food, I've been lucky because I've never struggled with that. Like I've always been the one, like I have a pack of cookies. I want it to last. So I'm just going to have one a day. That's Whereas right. my, my husband was the one, when I first met him, he would sit down with an entire bag of chips and it'd be gone. And I'm like, <laughs> so I literally <laughs> taught my husband about taking a handful, putting it on a paper towel or a plate and eating right. that and leaving the rest. And now it's like, I have two areas in my cupboard where I have, the active snacks and the backups. And so I'll bring down the actives mm. and I'll put them there. This is what you can eat. And I'll, will bring down the others. And then my husband's the one that goes up to the top and like opens all the <laughs> bags and tries it all and puts it back. And I'm like, no, that is not how it works. <laughs> Those aren't the rules. <laughs> no. And it's like, and it's mostly because, well, part of it is teaching them that like, you slowly need to go through things. You don't have to blast through everything. Mm. Number one, and number That's two, great. Number two, I'm not spending $400 a month on your snacks. Like,
1: right. This, yes. That snacks,
0: that's, that's the thing. And like with my husband, like, you know, we're on a budget, whatever. And I'm like, don't yell at me about the budget. Then blow through all the <laughs> snacks in two days. Like that doesn't yeah. go like, yeah, that's what I tell him. I said, these are the snacks for the week I take, cause I have to be gluten-free now. So I buy my own things and I have my own little cup, my own little shelf. And I'm like, don't touch that. Those are my expensive gluten-free things. And you're not allowed to eat them and everything else i was like you know what you guys you blow through your snacks you have no snacks like right right and i include my husband in that i'm like you're part of this like you're gonna eat all the all the popcorn and your kids want popcorn you deal with them complaining i'm done like i'm not i do the (laughs) shopping you know once a week i only Mm -hmm. like i'll i do i do shop at instacart and stuff just because for my business it's easier to like separate things but I'll Instacart some stuff if I have to, you know, midweek, but generally it's like a once a week thing. These are your snacks for the week you figure it out. Like
1: you have to learn
0: to like portion size. Like, And we, I try and tell them like, eat this, drink your glass of water. You have to stay hydrated. If you're still hungry in 15, 20 minutes, then you're still hungry. But a lot of the time you're not. Right. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because your brain now is they're boredom too. So much. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Home now, like they need snacks all day long.
0: It's like, you're not hungry. You're just bored. Right. Go find something to do. <laughs> right. And that's the thing is when this first started, I had to like put a kibosh in the kitchen. I was like, no, kitchen is only open during these hours. Other than these hours do not come in here.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. And it's also
0: like, I mean, I work with a functional medicine doctor and, um, for just for my own stuff. And, you know, she also like talks about how, like, snacking throughout the day never allows your body to like get empty and to cue yourself that you're hungry. Right. You know, that like, hunger. yes, you need to like feel that hunger. It's really important. Mm-hmm. And ever since I really started focusing that, like, I have realized I'm actually not super hungry in the morning. Like mm-hmm. I work, I work out in the morning and I, um, I usually work out early and I'm the person I cannot have food in me when I work out. Um, I eat really well the day before and that carries me to the next day as far as energy and working out goes. I feel sick if I work out. Like I used to run half marathons mm-hmm. and I could not eat. People are like, oh, you need a bar. You need this. I barely could drink water and I didn't need it. I was fine. Like I did very well. Great. I sit, I sipped, but like I, that's just my body. And I used to think like, oh, like I'm doing this wrong. Like I should be eating. And every time I ate, I always felt so sick. And wow. I just, i yeah. like, I think my body just, it doesn't, it needs me to eat the previous day to like have that energy for the next day. But I work out in the morning and I'm just not hungry until after, until like I've showered. And then I like, so I'm listening, you know, I've learning to listen myself, like more about, less about when you have to eat and more about when you want to eat, you Absolutely. know, like. Yeah, just because it's noon doesn't mean we have to have lunch. Like I could have my lunch right. too, if I want.
1: Right. Yeah. Honor your hunger. You know, feel and feel the hunger. I always tell my girls. You know, if your stomach isn't growling, you're not hungry. Go drink right. water. Come back in ten minutes, and then let me know if yes, you're if totally. you are. You can eat.
0: <laughs> and it's a feeling, you know, like it. And you can yeah. tell, like your mood. Like my middle one is mm-hmm. the stereotypical, like if he doesn't have food, like when he needs it, his blood sugar plummets. And he is like a nightmare. I mean, Uh a nightmare, just like cries, whines, and we're like, you're hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like recognizing that. So what do you like, what do you think as far as strategies go with yourself, your Mm -hmm. kids, like, what are some strategies that you implement? um, Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you do with your kids about, you know, having a healthy body image and looking at food, you know, as, you know, in a positive versus a negative thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of food, I mean, I try to talk to them about using it as fuel. And, and again, if you're bored or if you're cranky, you don't necessarily eat. Um, and try to, you know, not put those food rules, you know, you can't have this, you have to have that. Um, I, I try to give them choices. I mean, I do want them to have a vegetable at meals. So I will say you have to have vegetable, but you get to pick it. Um and, and we talk about nutrition for sure, but um yeah, I try not to I think I, I used to have a lot more food rules and I've definitely loosened up about that. Um and, and I, especially with intuitive eating, I, I try to teach them a little bit more about, you know, honoring your hunger and, and eating to, to feel good and how certain foods won't make you feel good and i think that they are learning about that um so i would say you know especially for other parents some some tips would be you know nurture a positive self image so don't talk about being fat or calling out your negative attributes um there was a study done uh, i think it was 2015 and they had moms looking in the mirror and they would have, they would say negative things about themselves and the daughters were watching. And so then the daughters would say those same things, but it was the same was true of the reverse. So if they said positive things about themselves, the the daughters would immediately see positive things about themselves. And so kids don't really see us the way that we see ourselves. So uh, I Yeah. A few weeks ago, my daughters were telling me about some show that they had watched at their grandparents' house. And and I felt like the conversation was insinuating that I had a large butt, which I do. (laughs) And so they were telling me about this. And I said, are you talking about me? You know, is this why you're telling me this? And they just burst out into laughter and said, no way, mommy, you don't have a big butt. So they do not see you the way you think you see yourself. Um, yes. Although they they will they they're not they're not oblivious either. Like I have a really really small chest. I'm barely an A. And and so my daughter my older daughter has started to go through puberty. And so we've had these conversations about this. Like. Are, are my breasts gonna be the size of yours? Or are they gonna be really yeah. big? And and I start to, you know, come up with what they think's gonna happen. Um, but at the same time, my, my older daughter, she um and, and I get worried because she'll say, you know, look at my thighs. And she's gained a lot of weight this summer, but it has nothing to do with food. It has everything to do with puberty. Yes. And she's at a normal, healthy weight. And I said to her, this is normal. This is a good thing. You're changing. Your body needs the fat. You you eat healthy and you're active. Well, and
0: kids, like, don't you think, like, I see this. I mean, my boys are very, like, very thin. But even though they're thin, I do see them. Don't you think sometimes kids, like, they grow this way and then this way and then this way and then this yes. way? And that's, and that's normal. Like it's normal for Mm -hmm. kids to grow, you know, that's normal. And Mm -hmm. we all, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a hard reality for us to accept, but we all have different bodies and Mm -hmm. like, for me, I'm never going to be, I mean, I'm, yes, I'm thin, I'm fit fine, but I'm never going to be the long legged lanky model. That's just right. not who I am. I've got, I don't think, I mean, I have proportional legs to my size, but they're short because I'm short, you know, I, right. <laughs> I am who I am. I'm never going to fit into certain styles of clothing. Cause it's not, does not work for my body image. Right. For, I mean, not for my body style for like your it's body, just yeah. style. That's just, there's things that I love different types of clothing that I love. It looks terrible on me because, it's not meant for my body. And that's okay. Yeah, and that's right. I think that's so important for us, even as girls and boys that we're all different. And mm-hmm. we have to, while I do believe that I, I, I don't agree with the diet culture, hard, fast rule of, Oh, just love, always love your body because sometimes we gain weight because we're unhealthy and we need to lose it. But our body is our body and our general body. Like if as long as you're you know, have some sort of exercise going in and you're eating generally, mostly healthy, that's your body. And it's, it's unhealthy to make it something it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I would say, you know, limit the, ne- or, or avoid the,
1: the negative self-talk and also don't make comments about other people's bodies, yes. good or bad. Um, cause yes. that's just teaching our kids that that's important. Um, so, you know, especially with daughters, you know, I would say ask your daughter um, what she likes about herself and focus on strengths and talents and qualities rather than how she looks. I have my seven-year-old is very much into fashion. I don't know where she gets it from, not from me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I think a lot of the styles now for kids are, are kind of provocative. Things I would never... Uh, kind of? Right? Yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> in even California. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in California. I kind of is like, I go to the beach and I'm like, um, my boys are all, why is her butt showing? I'm like, that's wow. the yeah. style. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like the open shoulder. I mean, they're cute, but I'm like, oh, I don't really want you wearing that, you know? And and so we have to have conversations like this. It's seven years old. I have to have conversations with her about that doesn't really matter. You may love fashion and jewelry and all that, but what matters is who you are you know, being a hard worker, being kind to other people, and, and for us, you know, our faith is really important. Um, so I try to put them in environments where those things are supported and their self worth is supported, rather than you know what I look like on the outside. Um, and then, of course, you know, eating healthy, fueling your body, um, exercising, finding you know organizations that can support your your children. Um, you know, the, to give them a positive self image. Um, and then another thing is have family dinners, you know, studies show that kids yes. who have family dinners has all these amazing benefits. They have less disordered eating, less anxiety and depression, better positive, uh, body image, um, better grades. And they have better, you know, they're, they're, they have better relationships with, with their parents. Yeah. Um, well, they and, feel connected. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Right. And again, don't, don't label food good or bad, unhealthy, healthy. I definitely fell into that trap for many years. Uh, so, you know, everything is on the table. It's just, again, how it makes you feel and, and everything in moderation. Um, and then the other thing is be attuned to what they're be, what the media that they're consuming. So when we were kids, it was the Victoria's Secret catalog. It was uh, Seventeen Magazine. Now it's television. It's the Disney Channel. It's social media. It's everywhere. And what they're seeing isn't healthy for, for their body image at all. And so I'd say, you know, not only know what they're consuming, but watch it with them and, and try to challenge those, uh, those images that they're seeing and say like, do you think that's healthy? Or do you think that's normal? Because what you're seeing
0: isn't, you can't believe everything that you see. Totally. Yeah, no, it's so important. I mean, it's, we, I, especially the food labeling thing, that's a big one for me. And I, my whole brand and everything is sometimes you eat for your, like your body and sometimes you eat for your mind. And a food that doesn't necessarily have all its you know have all these nutrients and is considered healthy might not be healthy for your body but it might be healthy for your mind because sometimes it is awesome to eat that giant bowl of ice cream you know make a sunday out of it and it doesn't matter not everything you eat has to be full of wholesome nutrition sometimes you know baking cookies with your mom and mm-hmm. sitting and eating a bunch of cookies, dipping them in milk, it, it's time together. It's building something different that is really healthy for other parts of your life. And that's a great point. Yeah. That's, that's like what my, with my boys, like we talk a lot about that. Like it's not just your body. Like you're, we're important. All of us is important. Our relationships, our mind, our mental health, like mental health is a big part of our family. Cause you know, I have anxiety. My oldest son has anxiety. And this world right now is crazy. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. keeping that mental health while keeping, I truly believe that the mental health piece, if you have that in check, you're naturally going to be able to fight diseases better, viruses better, stay healthier. I think that they're very interconnected because, you know, when we're stressed, our body releases, you know, cortisol, all these things and it's it's fine and normal to have it, you know, from time to time. But when it's chronic and all the time, you're lowering your immune system as it is. And so mm-hmm. the mental health is our number one as we go through this, you know, global pandemic, whenever it's going to end. Um, mm-hmm. that we focus on the mental health piece versus, great. you know, like the other stuff. You know, it's important too, but mental health is huge for us. Um, yeah. But I really, I love all this. I really appreciate you coming on here, Julie. It was super fun and I love hearing, I love the perspective from, you know, similar ages that I have, but with girls and what you, you know, what's important because I think all of those points that you gave us are so important for boys too, because Mm -hmm. I want to raise boys that are going to be, you know, good husbands, good fathers. You know, my boys may have, may be raising girls one day and if they don't have that, that's what, you know, I hear from people like, oh, so glad I have a girl. I have to worry about that stuff. Well, actually you do. You know, we all have to worry about it because yes, Absolutely. You know, your boys might be yeah. raising girls. You know, they might marry a, a woman. Like yep. it's so important for them to have that, you know, all that intact.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point.
0: Um and for those of you listening, this is a great segue for next time. I'm actually going to have another guest on the next episode and we're going to talk a lot about um food language and especially that term clean eating and what I feel about that, um, what I feel about that label and how I feel it affects us, um, a lot, you know, a little bit of what we, you know, talked about today too. Um, Julie, where can everybody find you? I'm going to include your information and all your links and stuff below, but where's like the main place that people can find you? Sure. JulieRevelon.com. Awesome. And are you, is there a social media platform that you're mostly active on or is it mostly your blog? Instagram. Instagram my fave too. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. And thanks for being here, Julie. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia.